podcasting is still by far the least competitive space out there. Like there's hundreds of millions of blogs out there. YouTube is, but podcasting actually still, um, last time I checked this, that's half a million or so podcasts out there. So it's still quite a low competition niche really. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first episode of Inbound Buzz for 2018. I'm super, super pumped. I hope you are. I hope you had a great New Year's. I hope you had a safe New Year's. Um, last couple of weeks, me personally, I've just been sitting down, planning my goals for 2018, be they spiritual, business, educational, um, and it's something I'm still working re- and refining. I've been reading a bunch of books, getting a bunch of new certifications, and I can't wait to share some of that with you in next week's episode. I think coming into 2018, I want to share more of my personal journey and more what's working for me as well. Now, speaking of goals you may have one of yours maybe actually creating your own podcast or maybe something you've been thinking about. And I'm going to be biased if, if you if you have been thinking about it. I'd say freaking go for it. You really can't lose if you stick with it, develop a format, you're consistent, you promote it. Um, and honestly, it is the best self-inflicted degree you could give yourself. In the last two years I've been doing this, I can't tell you what it's done for my career, my inbound agency business, but my education, you know, they say the best way to learn something is to teach it. So, I mean, that I, I can't speak highly enough of that, but enough of that from myself. You don't need to hear it from me. I've brought to you, honestly, in my mind, the best resource to learn about all things podcasting, Colin Gray. And Colin, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for coming on and giving me some personal advice about growing inbound buzz as well. And before I kind of kick into it, honestly, Colin is one of the most humble guests I've had on. And it's a funny thing I've observed, like with a lot of successful people I've interviewed, I've noticed there's a real sense of humility about them. They don't pump themselves up to be better than anyone else. In fact, they understate a lot of that. And they just put their head down and get shit done. And I love that. So not only do I love learning from my guests, but also their demeanor and the the way they conduct themselves and the character. For me, I I just love that about our guests. And Colin is a perfect example of that. If you you want to watch the video version instead, definitely check that out. Redpandas.com.au forward slash EP84. Um, In that, we'll have links to all the gear that Colin talks about, all the resources that Colin talks about. Um, There is so much stuff in this. Um, All that stuff is linked at redpandas.com.au forward slash EP84. Definitely check that out. Okay, so let's get straight into it. I'm super excited about this one. Let's learn a thing or two from Mr. Colin Gray. To say my guest is a podcasting expert is a bit of an understatement. He really is the podcaster's podcaster. He has literally helped thousands of podcasters around the globe to achieve podcasting success. He runs three separate businesses that help podcasting and podcasters. And of course, he's behind not one, but I understand six podcasts. Mr. Colin Gray, I'm equal parts excited. And nervous about being judged myself being a podcaster. Welcome to Inbound Buzz. 
Well, thanks very much for having me, Moby. No worries at all for having uh, for coming on. And uh, don't worry, I won't um, judge anything. I mean, uh, everyone uh, has different interview styles, and uh, I'm I'm still learning. No expert by any means in the old uh, art of the interview. That's okay. You can uh, offline. You can tell me what I messed up or what I didn't. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, it was really good to meet you up uh, in Boston for Inbound, and that's like I was talking to someone else yesterday from actually today from HubSpot. I had a call with HubSpot, and I said, look. Honestly, half of the reason, literally like maybe more than half is to meet people. You know, you can catch up on a session anytime, but you can't always meet people. So you're just one good example of that. So it's good to finally have you on. Um, Colin, before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, um, just fill in some of the gaps with my intro there. Tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe some of the, you know, the podcasting businesses uh, you're involved in. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I first got into podcasting. It was about 10 years ago now, 2007. Wow. As a, as a listener, certainly, um, I I actually got my first ever podcast on a cover disc on the front of Web Designer magazine, ironically. So, uh, and a hardcover medium uh, ended up with this digital thing that I got right into. Um, and I ended up, I was working at a university at the time. So I ended up teaching a range of lecturers how to how to podcast to help their teaching style. So it was as a supplement to their normal lectures and that kind of stuff. And really, I just, I got really into it from there. I just um, got really into the kit. I'm a bit geeky about, uh, you know, new shiny things. So I got really into microphones and mixers and all that kind of stuff. And I started the podcast host, the website, to write about the stuff I was learning, really. It was um, just to write started out really as equipment reviews, microphone reviews, mixer reviews, then a bit about the business of podcasting. And and I jumped out of the university into the business back in 2014 now. Um, and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, lucky enough that the site grew to a state where it could support me full time and started to grow a team around it ever since then. So now we've got... Um, We've got four people, five people actually now uh, on the team, supporting people through the academy we run, all the free content we put on the website and uh, all the podcasts we run too, yeah. So privileged to be able to make podcasts for a living. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, I mean, it, it's it's funny. I didn't even know podcasting was around for that long. And look, I've only been doing it for about 18 months. So no offense. I just didn't know. I didn't know it's been around for that long, but um. I've only been doing, like I said, for 18 months and I've noticed a phenomenal uplift um, in people talking about podcasting, getting onto podcasting, um, you know, particularly in Australia as well, where it's not, it's no secret. We're sort of three or five years behind when it comes to, you know, technology and marketing. Um, And Colin, I guess the question is, if you haven't already started a, a podcast, which is what now late 2017, is it too late to start? Are the opportunities still out there for people? No, yeah, it's not too late at all. Uh, I mean, there's always going to be, there's more competition now than there ever has been, certainly. Like you say, there's been a huge uptick in the last year or so, even um, the last couple of years particularly. But there's still, I mean, you're choosing a medium, aren't you? When you get online, you start creating content, you start creating a reputation around your brand or your your personal self, you know, your personal brand. Um, so you're choosing either podcasting, video or blogging really um, with social to supplement it. And uh, it, podcasting is still by far the least competitive space out there. Like there's hundreds of millions of blogs out there. YouTube is saturated with video creators. But podcasting actually still, um, last time I checked the stats, I can't remember exactly what it was, about half a million or so podcasts out there compared to the millions and millions of video channels and, um, and all those blogs as well. So it's still quite a low competition niche, really. Um, and it's partly because 
of the the fact that it's gonna a lot of see a lot of people think of it as being quite a commitment to get into podcasting because you think you've got to do a show every single week or something like that. But I mean, we can get into more about how we, how to make it easier later on. But I think that's partly what puts people off why the competition's still lower because it's half hour shows say every single week and people see that as quite a big commitment. So they think ah, I'll just create a few YouTube videos, stick them on, or I'll just create a few blog posts, stick them on. There's no commitment. So. No, not too late. Definitely plenty of room in the podcasting world. Um, and if you search for your niche, I bet you only find a few around it, uh, unless you're a marketer or a general yeah. business. <laughs> or, you know, make money or something, one of those. Yeah, but but there's, still, there's still niches in that too, right? You, you find oh, your own absolutely. angle or two. I, I, I didn't even have this as yeah. a question for you, but I, I read uh, Tim Ferriss. I started reading Tim Ferriss's new book, on um i'll link it in the show notes it's about successful habits and tools of titans or something or tools of titans yeah yeah that one and he talks about you know what it might be very hard for you to be the top basketballer on earth but if you combine two different things then probably not you know so to find a tilt that i'm sure there's still opportunities there Absolutely. I mean, that's it, isn't it? There's, it's kind of a mantra these days. It's almost a cliche. Find your niche, find your niche. But yeah. uh, it is, it's true. Yeah, you need to find your unique combination of skills. Um, put that out there. And if you can find a podcast around that, and do you know what as well? The, the fact that the fact is that the vast majority of podcasts are, uh, and I always hesitate to say this in a show, is, but they're interview shows. Um, and it's harder to do a good interview show than most people think. Uh, and just by the, by the questions you already asked, Moby, I can tell you already, you're better, way better than the average. But there's a lot of people out there just doing really bad interview shows, like just total stock standard questions, not even following up. Like you asked a question there based on something I said. That's actually quite uncommon. <laughs> quite often people will just have a list of five questions in front of them. They'll go through them and that is it. It's just like, yes, thank you. Next question. That's it. So it's actually not hard to stand out in terms of quality because a a lot of the podcasts out there are pretty sort of below the bar in terms of how good they could be. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll pay you later for that compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> so you, you mentioned gear, right? You mentioned gear like just a couple of answers ago. Um, is that so like, okay. So when I started, right, I wanted to find this. I wanted to show you, right? I just wanted to show you how proud I was. When I started the first 10 or 12 episodes, I did with this thing. It's, oh, yeah, cool. it's a little for, for people watching the video version. If you're not watching the video version, you can get it on redpandas.com.au forward slash EP84. That's EP84. But anyway, so for those who are watching the video version, this little thing, and I literally recorded on my iPhone for the first 10 episodes, like trying not to shake and like just talking into it for 10 episodes. Because <laughs> I just thought, look, man, like I'll just, I'll just start and I'll just do it. So I, my question is around gear. Um, and you mentioned you're a geek, which I'd love to kind of hear about that. We can talk about what's, what's good and what's not. Is, is that still holding people hostage? Is that still a barrier? And what are your tips yeah. around podcasting gear? Yeah, the, t- the tech side of things uh, is the biggest barrier out there. Well, actually, I mean, the two biggest, no, well, there's three, three biggest questions we get. They're always one of these three. It's either what equipment do I need? So what setup do I need? That's the microphones and mixers. It's how do I edit the show? So how do I actually turn this raw recording into something that's, you know, take out some of the mistakes, the silences, make it sound good. And then it's how I hate my voice, basically. <laughs> so two, two of the three are definitely technically minded. They're the technical side of things. And you can make them so much easier. So with the gear, for example, you did it the right way. You've got a really simple mic, plug it into your smartphone and just start recording because it's the content that matters. It's the content that really makes the difference. And the only way you're going to get good at designing and delivering great content is by practicing it. 
And you need to do that to get better at it. So you need to just make a simple way to, to get the content out there so that you can get better and better and better at it. And for me, that means either doing what you did there getting something for your smartphone um so you can either get i think that was the zoom add-on you had there mm, the zoom iq5 which is probably so obsolete now but yeah mm. no totally the zoom kit really good so the iq5 is a brilliant one you've got the sure uh, mv88 that's a similar very similar type of thing it just plugs into the end of a smartphone uh, and suddenly you can use it as a digital recorder or you've got a smart lav so the rode smart lav plus mm. is just a lavalier mic, which basically means just a tie clip mic. It just clips onto mm. your shirt. Um, put that onto your shirt, plugs into your smartphone, and you get really good quality recordings through them. I was going to grab it, but it's just on the, the shelf too far, but I'll link to the, um, the smart lav. And you've got a section on your site as well, podcasting equipment. So I knew it's yeah, got to yeah. be something that, that people yeah. ask you a lot about. So I'll link, yeah, I'll link to that as well. So they're the three simplest ways to start recording for me. Um, I mean, the alternative is to get a USB mic for your computer. So rec- record straight into your laptop. And if you are recording interviews like this, you know, on Skype or whatever, then that's actually the one you need to do. Uh, so you need to get a USB mic, plug it into your PC or your Mac and record that way. Um, although <laughs> there's always avenues you can down because you can also actually do it in the mobile too if you have the right app. So there's uh, the Ringer app, for example, R-I-N-G-R, and that lets you record interviews on your smartphone too. So there's tons of options, but yeah, keep it simple because the simpler it is, the more easy it is to record and therefore the more often you'll do it, the more regular you'll be. And that, that has a powerful effect. If you record every single week on a regular basis, you show up for your listeners every week. That means you grow your audience quick, but also you show up for yourself. You're practicing, you're developing your craft and you get better at what you do. And that helps you grow your audience as well. So yeah, those two things really important. I can't remember who said it. Um, someone said it. I can't remember, but I, it really stuck with me. The first thing of whatever you do is going to be the worst. So yeah, yeah. I, I thought, I thought, hey, you know what? Like my parents always told me, maybe you love to talk. You know, you, you should <laughs> you should be paid for talking one day. And I thought, oh, geez, it'll be really easy because you know I'm like I, I guess I'm semi extrovert and I you know and or whatever. So I'll just get on. But honestly, like you listen to my first three episodes or five or maybe 10, who knows now. And it's like, welcome to the world of marketing. Like it's so blase. So I think, I think you're right. Just start with something. And I mean, that's going to be your first barrier as well. Yeah. 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 Just begin, just begin. And it all goes from there. It's uh, what's that? That's another quote. I probably won't remember exactly, but there's something around there. Uh, as soon as you commit yourself, then providence moves to help you. And there's a big thing there. Like as soon as you actually commit to doing something, just things happen around you. It's great. Amazing. Amazing. Um, okay. So, all right. So sticking with the theme of, cause I want to talk about starting first and we'll talk about growing a little bit, sticking to the te- theme of starting. And thank you again for those tips. We'll definitely link those in the show notes. Uh, some of that gear you mentioned. Okay. So gear's one side, right? So don't worry about gear, get onto whatever you have, even pull out your freaking phone. I remember I did an episode once my mic wasn't working. I didn't realize I entire, recorded the entire episode on my laptop's audio. It sounded crap. I still put it out there. So just do it. Okay. So that aside, what other tips do you have anyone for starting? You, you mentioned before, you know, there's ways that you can suggest making it easier. What are some of those things? Yeah, so there's a couple of a couple of things um, to tackle the other side of the technical um, problems, barriers. That's the editing stuff. Editing is a funny one because um, 
I tend to treat, I mean, we tend to treat our show as live these days. So I'll, me and Matthew, Matthew's um, <clears throat> my sort of first in command here at um, the podcast host, the two of us record a lot of our shows together. And we'll just turn up with a set of notes in front of us. We'll hit the record button and we'll go for it. And we won't edit anything out. We won't assume we're going to edit anything. So if we make a mistake, we just go, oh, sorry, that's not what I meant to do. And just laugh about it and go on. Uh, and then all we'll do at the end is top and tail it by which I mean cut off the silence at the very start and the very end, just to make it match up with the music. Um, and that's it. So it means there's very little editing actually inside the show. And that cuts down the sort of technical barriers by a huge amount because that takes a long time to go through and edit out the mistakes. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned there, you can even just not bother with music whatsoever. I mean, it's not necessary. There's a load of really good, successful shows out there that started with no music, plenty that still run with no music at all as well. So that's an optional extra. It's polish. Um, so for the first, say, 10 shows, that's just what I usually tell people. Treat it as a pilot project. So pick out a subject within your area. So say your, well, what, what would you say your particular expertise is, Moby? What's your topic? Oh, I'd say okay, inbound marketing or, I mean, everyone's inbound. Let me niche down a bit more. Marketing automation, yeah. HubSpot. Ah, okay. Marketing automation. So cool. Mm. So you could do something like your pilot series could be 10 steps to get set up in HubSpot, say. So you have 10 episodes that are um, the 10 sort of distinct things that you have to go through. And obviously it could be seven, it could be six, it could be 12, whatever it is that matches this. But you pick something, you pick the most common thing you're asked in your niche and you basically create a little series around that. And it's a course. It's like a, it's a, like a beginner's course that introduces people to you. The thing with this is that it starts you off on the seasons podcasting foot, which is great because when you create a season of something, it's less committing. So, you know, I talked about earlier, there's a barrier there where people think they've got to put something out every single week. Well, instead, if you say, I'm going to create a 10 episode series and then I'm going to see where I am, you're only committing to 10 episodes. It's less, uh, it's less scary. It's, um, and it also means you're going to get a break at the end of it. So you're going to put those 10 episodes out there. The other thing is it helps your listener. So if you create 10 episodes that actually all link together, then they're learning something and they're building something every single episode. You know, they're building something on the previous episode when they listen to the next. And it's compelling for them. They want to come back for the next because it builds on the last. That's as opposed to, you know, random topics every single episode. The other thing that it does is that when it's a pilot season like that, you're actually creating something evergreen. So even if you get to the end of those 10 episodes, then you've still created quite a big chunky resource. You've created a little audio course on, you know, 10 steps to getting set up in HubSpot. Uh, if whoever it is, they've created a little course around whatever they do. And that's really powerful. So even if you stop, you've not wasted your time. You've got this resource you can send out. It could be a lead magnet, it could be an actual paid product, whatever it is. So that's the way I think that it's a great way to start with podcasting. Treat it as a season. Plan out that season ahead of time um, so that you've got that plan just sitting there. You can record stuff every week or you can batch it, make it even more efficient, record, you know, four episodes at a time. Mm -hmm. And that helps you get that first season out there. Finish that season, sit down, review how it went for you, review the feedback, see what worked, what didn't, ask your listeners what worked and what didn't, and then base the next season on that feedback. That's a great way to start. And I think it makes it a lot easier for people too. That's a great way to break it down. It really, really is that, you know, think about it. And I think the other thing too, Colin, as you were saying that, I was thinking back to when I started, it was coming up with the first 10, 12, maybe 15 podcasts. The ideas 
was so much harder than after I've done 50, 60. Like it's just, it, it doesn't make logical sense, but it actually does in a way because one thing I didn't realize until I started doing it is it's a, you, you don't know that muscle. You don't know you don't have that muscle. So it's like when I started, I'm like, oh God, it's that anxiety. And I don't know if you tell me, if you hear this from people, Colin, it's like, yeah, but what am I going to talk about after 10 episodes? What is inbound marketing? Um, the best type of inbound marketing, inbound marketing versus outbound marketing, the best type of yeah. software. And that's it. Like, what am I going to talk about? So I, I think that's a, that's a great way to de-risk it. We're only going to do 10 and we go from there. It's amazing. Yeah. The, the seasons approach helps with that too because you start to break your questions down. You start thinking about these big questions you get in your topic. Like you think of what are the two or three most common things I'm asked and you create a season around each of them, but you don't just create one episode around each of those questions. You create a, a little course around it and it, you break it right down. You're going really deep into each niche and... And people don't mind you spending 10, 15 minutes deep in one little aspect of it because you're, you're teaching them, you're helping them and they can see where they're going. You know, they can see the eventual goal at the end of the season where they know everything about getting started in HubSpot. See? And yeah, it helps a lot with that kind of idea generation. Awesome. Awesome. You said something before I don't want to lose. You said something. Um, and so you and your host, what was his name again? The, your Matthew. Matthew. So yeah, so you and Matthew, um, you said you, you treat a lot of them like live. I had a question for later, but I want to bring it back now whilst we, we still have momentum on it. But you said you treat them a lot like live. So, you know, if you kind of stuff up, you say, oh, you know, sorry, whatever. The, yeah. the question is around Facebook live. Is there a link between Facebook live or any live streaming for that matter and podcasting? Can one help the other? Can you create one for one medium or is that not a good idea? I think it is a good idea in certain contexts. Um, and it's something we are playing with just now, actually. I'm starting to record a lot more of ours while going live. Um, I played with it a couple of years back and I dropped it because I, I didn't find a way that I was comfortable doing it because I thought there was a lot of shows, you know, when Periscope first started up mm. and live video kind of um, blew up really a couple of years ago, maybe it was. Uh, it was there was a lot of people creating their shows and recording it live, but they were just there was too much interaction. You know, nobody wants to listen to a podcast episode where half of the episode you're talking to the live audience because it's just not it's not fun. Yeah, you know, hi Robert, hi Julie, uh, how are you doing today? Oh, look, he's commenting on this. It's just not interesting at all. So it ruins the show. So, but I think you can do it in the way. And the way that we are playing with it is that we'll take maybe twenty minutes to record an episode of Podcraft. We'll have a settle bullet points ahead of us uh, in front of us but what i'm going to do and what we're doing is going on live maybe 10 minutes ahead of recording and actually having a conversation with our live audience um telling them a little bit about the plan you know tell them a wee bit of the outline ask for any feedback ask for any ask for any questions they want to put in the episode um ask for any extra things they want added in then we actually jump into the recording we press the record button and then we ignore the live audience during recording even mm. though we're still live this still so okay we tell, mm. we tell the live audience this so we say right we're not going to be interacting with you for the next 15 minutes we're going to record the episode you're welcome to watch and we'll do some q a afterwards once we've finished so we'll record the episode the episode will be uh, nothing to do with live it'll just be normal podcast episode so it's still really suited to the podcast audience but then as soon as we hit stop we say hey everyone thanks for uh, for watching and any questions about that we'd love to do a wee five ten minute q a based on what we just did in that episode 
And I think that I've, I've not been doing it long enough yet to test how effective it is, but it's working really well so far, just the way people are engaging with it and the content we're getting out of it. Um, it seems working really well. So yeah, I don't know what you think about that or um, how many other people are trying that. But. I'm a big fan of anything that kills two birds, one stone, right? Anything that you can kind of, you know, the, so, uh, the guys from Impact, you know, the guys from Impact, Impact um, uh, in the States, um, they've got their show as well, Impact Live, I think it is. And then they do that live and then they transpose that to the podcast, which is interesting as well. But the way you've mentioned it is really interesting as well. So, um, you know, you're actually working it in. So it's not just a copy and paste, you're working it in. I guess the only thing people got to think about there is they're going to have to do it consistently. I don't have yeah. my own live show, but from what I'm told, uh, like the sales guy, and li- uh, the sales guy, uh, the sales line guys, um, they do it every Friday at 3 p.m. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess that's something to think about as well. I mean, yeah, the, the danger for me is always you want to, like you say, kill two birds with one stone, and that is a great thing, but not at the expense of quality on both of them because you can end up, I think, and it's happened a lot in the past, especially like, so, like I was saying when live video first blew up, people were trying to do two or three things at once, repurposing is a great thing but if you're compromising the quality of each one and actually end up with three things that are kind of average and not very good then that's no good <laughs> you're better doing one great thing than three pretty average things yeah um, so it's, it's finding ways to do both of them while still somehow giving or levering leveraging the strengths of each medium so by doing like a 40 hour, a forty minute broadcast with a 20 minute podcast in the middle, I feel like we're leveraging the live at the start and the end, still giving the live people an exclusive of the recording as well ahead of time. But then we've still got the really dedicated podcast episode too. So I'm hoping it'll work out well. Yeah, no, that sounds really good. I'll find one. I'll link that in the show notes. I'd love to see a version of that. I haven't seen that done before. Um, cool. yeah. yeah, as opposed to just doing a replay. I like that. You're not just yeah. doing a replay, you know? So, yeah. okay. Yeah. So now I want to um, freeload and uh, leech some free advice for myself. <laughs> <laughs> and if it benefits the audience, so be it. I'm joking. I know it's going to yes. benefit the audience. No, but no absolutely. <laughs> what makes a good podcast in 2017? Talk to me about format. Talk to me about lengths, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So a few things in it. Yeah. In terms of format, like I said, I've already alluded to the fact that I think the interview podcast is, is so overdone. It's really hard to make an interview podcast stand out, partly because the standard format for an interview podcast is to talk to somebody for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, which is quite a long chunk of time. Um, and there tends to be quite a lot of sidetracks of waffle and um, especially if the interviewer is not very good. Uh, especially if the interviewer is not good at delving into the sort of or picking up on the little hot points or, you know, really kind of juicy bits and diving into them. Um, so they tend to be quite, <laughs> I think people are getting less patient with interview podcasts and spending an hour just to get 20 minutes of good content. Um, I think the there's two things I think that are underdone just now that can work really well for people. Firstly, the solo podcast, just a short solo show. Just people are afraid of doing this though because they think I can I can never be interested enough for you know 10, 15 minutes just by myself. But it's not true. People tune into a podcast to hear your expertise. If you can actually, you know, put a bit your personality across, be honest, be transparent, you know, talk about, tell some stories about your background, about your business and teach through those stories. People will tune in just to hear yourself and you can have so much more control over your show when it's just you. So actually you can keep it down to much 
shorter, more concise lengths. You know, you can just talk for 10, 15 minutes and actually it's, it's 10, 15 minutes worth of pure value. It's not half an hour with 15 minutes worth. It's 15 minutes of concentrated value. Um, and people get to know you better as well. There's a danger of an interview show that people don't actually get to know much about the interviewer. It's all about the interviewee and that's good in a way, but you want to talk, you know, you want to build your own authority as well. So that's one thing. Just think about doing some solo shows. Even if you do an interview show mainly, mix in some solo shows every now and again. <clears throat> the other thing with interview shows is that it's not that hard actually to, uh, to turn an average waffly interview show into a really good high quality interview show. If you want an example of this, I think how, how I built this is a great example. So it's an NPR show uh, by Guy Ross, interviews people, um, and he takes he does long, deep interviews, but they're edited down, but in quite a simple way. I mean, the way you can do this is you, if you have a half-hour interview, for example, get it transcribed, possibly. Um, you might have to pay a wee bit for that, but there's ways to automatically transcribe these days using stuff like Trint. It's really cheap, like maybe $5, $10 to get a half-hour show transcribed. And then just read through and pick out you know, a few chunky bits of that that are the highlights that are the best bits. So cut a half hour down show to ten half hour show down to ten or fifteen minutes. And just put a few little music beds under the transitions, you know, between the two sections, or maybe even one little narration with yourself just drawing out some points. You can do that in just a couple of hours. I know it's extra time. I know it takes a bit longer, but like we're saying, this is, you know, ways to stand out above and beyond the crowd. It doesn't take too much effort to do that. And it's a way of kind of, it's like a highly produced show, but a, a light version of it. So I think there's going to be more of that in the future as people realize the value of podcasts and how mm. powerful they can be. That, you know, It's worth spending a couple of extra hours turning that really average show into something that really stands out, really polished. And it's going to go that way because that was the same. Anything that has noise. I mean, if you started a blog 20 years ago, then you could probably almost write about anything. Um, yeah. YouTube, now everyone, you know, they're, they're, they're getting higher production. They're getting higher and higher production. Um, and I noticed with, you know, they spoke about last year was a year of live. But even with live now, you can't just go live. Like everyone's sick of the iPhone with, Hey, look at me. Like they're so sick of that. So you're right that this is the same thing's going to happen with podcasting as well. That, that's really quite interesting. So what, one thing yeah. that I tried and I don't, I don't, I don't really, as I, so just, just for, I guess some background. So what we do with inbound buzz is we try to, as much as we can have one week with an interview. So one week with yourself and then the week after will be a monologue. Um, yeah just for a bit of variability, but I don't know whether that sort of throws people, but I like to think there's still a pattern there. And, you know, if we speak to anyone, we, we want a topic like you're here because you're, we're talking about podcasting. So I want to get those points out of you. So that, yeah. yeah. Well that, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a really good point too, actually, because quite often you get interview shows, which are very, very general, you know, you'll have an interview show. It talks to marketers say, but actually the headline is always just the name of the marketer and that's it. Um, so like, for example, if you were to put just my name, um, well, you'd probably mention podcasting somewhere in there, but if you can, if you can really get the takeaways in there, like mm -hmm. really be purposeful about it, it's not just the person's backs. We don't want to hear more backstories of marketers and about, you know, it's just, there's so many of them out there. You want to get their lessons, their learnings, their teachings. And I know that usually comes out during stories, but 
I just think it's hard to make that stand out these days. So yeah, but it's great. Yeah, you talk about a pattern. So maybe an interview, then a solo interview to pull solo. But the power, I mean, the benefit we have as podcasters is that there's no, there's no rules here. <laughs> we can do what we want. We're not on a radio station where we've got to do a certain thing every week. So you can have like uh, three interviews and two solos, then, you know, mix it up, get a few guests on and do a round table, get a co-host on for a couple of episodes. I think there needs to be some consistency, but then you, that you're the consistent part of it. It's a show around the main host. So as long as you have something that's consistent that brings people back, I think that's the key thing. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Good advice. So you've got this thing, right? So speaking of making it kind of easier, um, you've got this thing and I'm, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here. Al-A-Tu. Al-A-Tu. Alatu. 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 See, see, I knew I was going to get it wrong. I don't mind how people... <laughs> oh, look, uh, my excuse is my Australian accent. So let's run with that. Alatu, <laughs> right? So what is it? How does it work? Yeah. So like I said earlier, three, three biggest questions we get are, you know, microphones, uh, how to edit, and then your confidence. Uh, so we, we have a full guide around equipment. We have coaching stuff around how to be confident, but we didn't really have any way to hugely help people with the editing process until Alitu. So that it was designed to conquer that problem. It was designed really to it was almost just a tool for us originally because you know how I said we, we record as if it's live. Mm. So we just really wanted a tool that we could take our you know 20 minute show, we could stick it into a tool, we could tell it, um, here's where the show starts and ends. So there's a trim. Uh, and then what we want you to do is just go away and process automatically. Just do a bit of noise reduction, do the EQ, make sure the levels are all right and stick on our start and our end music you know, actually uh, automatically stitch on the intro and the outro. And that's what we built. So that's what it does. It, it takes that raw audio recording and it can do it entirely automatically. So even if you, if you don't even need the top and tail, all you do is upload and it will publish a processed file for you. It'll make it sound good. It'll add your branding and it'll actually publish it to your host as well. Um, mm. We've got editing tools in there too for people who want to do a bit of editing. So if you do want to cut out a few mistakes or you want to do that top and tail, we've designed a way to allow people to do that in a really simple way because audio editing software is a total nightmare for people that don't really know their way around it. It's like, it's like an airplane cockpit. There's too many tools. It's designed for proper audio engineers to do crazy big editing projects with like a hundred tracks and 20 different instruments and all that kind of stuff. It's not what we need as podcasters, but people are still using that type of software. So we've designed a really simple way to be able to just drag and drop uh, cut out mistakes to just sort of really easily preview cuts that kind of thing um, so that's in there too so it's those two those two routes basically you can go entirely automated don't care about editing at all or you can do a little bit of editing but make it really simple and that's what we are uh, yeah that's what we're intended to do oh man honestly if i had that when i started oh. <laughs> Like for me, I wasn't worried about, although it was harder than I thought, I wasn't worried about talking. I really wasn't worried too much about the gear because I've seen people do incredible things on iPhones. It was like the, you're so right about the software. So I, I, I use Boss Jock, which some people still use, but you can't edit anything. So the Boss Jock for, for those who uh, you know, are brave enough, you can just record, you can have a top and tail, but you can't really edit much. Um, yeah. in terms of your podcast and it's iPhone based. So there's a limit there. Uh, I think I got a phone call once and I lost half my podcast, which was just crazy. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then, so what I use is Adobe Audition, but I had to do a lynda.com course on it to learn how to use it. And now I just use it. Now I just know how to use it. 
But you're absolutely right. So with this tool, okay, cool. So you spoke about Gi, that's no longer an excuse. You can use Allah too, where you can actually upload your uh, recording. You can edit it and put the top and tails on as well. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. And then it takes it to your host as well. So that takes care of the hosting. Well, yeah, yeah. because that's always been it. There's always been that kind of problem as well where there's there's no real link between it all. So you've got your, you know, you've got your audio file in the end, but then you've got your podcast hosting provider and then you've got your website that's actually published on too. And that can be three different things. Mm. <laughs> so you've got to look at, you know, your host to upload the file and then put it onto your website. And there's ways to link that stuff together. But for a lot of people, they're still going between all these different services. Yeah. So together so that you know if somebody comes to us and says i want to start a podcast we can say to them right cool we can sign you up for for alitu and then actually that links into a host our eventually aim is to have a hosting provider we're tied into so that that can be included in the package so they don't even have to care about that stuff it just works that's um, awesome that's awesome i'll link to that definitely link to that in the show notes do you have do you have pricing or is that sort of more on the website or we're in beta testing right now so i noticed uh, the website yeah mm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a very basic website there right now, just to let people express their interest in the beta test, which is actually going out right now. So yeah, if anybody's listening to this and they fancy helping us try it out, then by all means, um, pop over to alitu, A-L-I-T-U.com and uh, sign up. But I mean, within the next couple of months, we'll be live commercially, so you can actually properly sign up too. So um, yeah, that URL will still have the, the sign up with the better pricing and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. I'll definitely, that's going to be music to anyone's ear who's thinking of starting. So you, do you guys also host uh, currently, like outside of Alitude, do you guys also host podcasts as well? And I guess maybe work, if, if maybe work that into an answer about, because we haven't spoken much about it, but we've touched on it. Um, what is a podcast host? Why do people need to think about that in addition to the gear and everything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once you end up with your, once you've recorded it, once you've edited it, you you end up with an MP3 file. Basically, it's just that it's just an MP3 file with your voice on it, your podcast episode. It's not technically a podcast though until you get it onto the web and allow people to subscribe. I mean, technically, that's that's what separates a podcast from an audio file. It's the it's the ability to to subscribe to that to that, uh, that series basically and get those episodes automatically. So to do that, you need a podcast hosting provider because standard web hosting is not great at dealing with audio files because they're a lot bigger, they need to stream over time, that type of stuff. Um, so we tend to work with podcast hosting providers for this. There's quite a lot out there. The, sort of the top names in the industry are things like uh, Libsyn, like Blueberry, like Podbean, podcastwebsites.com, those places. <clears throat> and they tend to, basically it's a place to upload your audio file to and then they help you deliver those audio files to the world. Um, iTunes. A, and ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they create an RS, what's called an RSS feed. You don't need to care how that works. <laughs> All you need to know is the RSS feed is <clears throat> what you give to iTunes or what you give to Stitcher or TuneIn Radio or whatever it is you're putting your podcast and then they'll draw it <clears throat> Excuse me, from there and that's how the world accesses your podcast from then on. So do, do you guys do that as well? And what's, I guess, your, why do you do it? Why do you think that's maybe better or different to what else is out there? We actually, we used to do podcast hosting, but we don't anymore. <clears throat> so we got out of that business because it was too, it was just too commoditized, I found. Mm. And there was other people that were doing it really well. So there didn't seem any point in us competing on it. Um, 
So we tend to recommend we use uh, Blueberry pretty extensively. We use Libsyn a lot as well. We work with the guys over at podcastwebsites.com. They're great for um, providing a really good website that goes around it as well. So you've actually got a home for your podcast and the web at the same time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we've actually, we've got an article. Maybe it's a good place to, for people to go. Um, if they go on to thepodcasthost.com forward slash uh, hosting, I believe, if that doesn't exist already, I shall create it. <laughs> yes, the 301. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Exactly. And uh, I'll um, and that'll take you to our best podcast hosting article. And that'll actually tell you through, take you through the pros and the cons of each service and, and show you which one's probably the best for you. Because it's kind of context dependent on what you need, what you want, but that should take them through. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's good advice. So you've got some tips there on what people can use. Um, but what you mentioned Blueberry, was it Blueberry? Blueberry, yeah, exactly, yeah, Blueberry. Podbean. Standard uh, web two spelling. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. No vowels. Okay. We'll, we'll find that link as well, that your, the resource on your site and we'll link that as well. And that's honestly guys, that, that's really good advice because I'm on SoundCloud now. And look, I'm just going to be real. I'm, I'm sure they're not going to hunt me down. <laughs> but honestly, if I could go back now, I, I wouldn't. But I'm stuck with SoundCloud now because it's, yeah. you know, and the, to switch, actually, it's so it's, much harder. It's actually, well, it's, yeah, you're right. SoundCloud's not the best choice. But um, a lot of people do it because it's cheap and it's quite easy to set up. And, and they're player of prey. It's a sexy looking player, I have to admit. Um, but it's actually, it's not that hard to switch. You can you can switch over a lot. Most of the hosting providers give you a really simple way to switch over. Like they'll just suck out your feed from SoundCloud, put it into their own, and then go from there. So it's an option. Okay, well, cool. I just got to stop being lazy and then do it. I guess. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk about growth, right? So I, I don't know. Like even before I ask this question, I know it's probably it's different for everyone, but. Yeah. The question inevitably people are going to think about and ask is what numbers should they be aiming for? Is that even a good measure? If it isn't, tell us. It, it isn't a great measure, but it's the only one we've got really. <laughs> it's the only number we've got because the, the, one of the downsides of podcasting is that the stats aren't great right now. There's a few things going on right now in the industry, which might fix this. But as of now, downloads listens are basically the only measure we have. To give you an idea, the Libsyn actually talk about their stats. So Libsyn's one of those hosting providers I talked about. They um, have a guy called Rob Walsh that works for them that releases their stats quite often. So it gives you an idea of the average podcast listenership. And like you say, it's totally niche dependent. So like if you're doing something about um, you know, uh, scissor collecting or something. <laughs> I've got a pair of scissors. What? Anyway. There's one? No, check me. <laughs> <laughs> something random, something really niche. Uh, and you, I mean, you might only be able to, 200 listeners might be actually really good for a show like that. Whereas if you're doing a really general purpose show, actually 10,000 listeners maybe is a, a really good thing to aim for. But if you are basically the stats or something along the lines of, if you're above, 1400 i believe it was last time i checked you're about in the um top 10 percent. so actually the average podcast only has a few hundred listeners so okay is that a month is that a week is that what is that is that per episode per episode yeah per episode so we tend to go per episode um and it's it's around uh, you know you'll listen to you'll look at your stats and see how many people downloaded an episode within 30 days of release so in 30 days following the release how many people downloaded it and so if you're in the sort of three to four hundred mark you're already in sort of an average area of 
podcast listeners, you're doing quite well. If you go above that, if you get up to like 1,000, 1,400, you're into the top sort of 10% or so of numbers. Um, and I think once you're up to 5,000, I'm just trying to see if I can get it in front of me, but um, yeah, if you're in the top five, if you're above five to 10,000, you're in like the top one to 2% of listenerships on the web. So wow. you're doing really well. So people tend to undervalue their numbers with podcasting. Um, it's one of those things, you know, if you have, because of the regularity of it, like imagine 300 people, say that's an average podcast, you might think 300 people, that's not very much. But if you had the chance to get 300 people in a room in front of you every single week and talk to them about what you do and turn those 300 people into raving fans, that is a hugely powerful thing. Um, and and it, it bears out in the conversions as well. Like podcast listeners convert so much higher than video or blog listeners. Like say your conversion rate is like, I don't know, half a percent on a blog post. You put a call to action in a blog post, half a percent of the people that look at it will convert. With a podcast, you're looking at more like a quarter to a half of your listeners will actually do what you ask them to do because they're so much more engaged. They're listening. They're, they know you, they trust you because they know you through, you know, they know your personality. They intimately connect with you through your voice and their ears. So the conversions matter. So 300 listeners is worth, you know, 10 times that in terms of blog readers. So yeah, mm. don't undervalue podcast listenerships. And I mean, how long does one stick with that? Is, is there a point or is it just sort of like if the trajectory is going up, then you just sort of keep on going or do those yeah, kind of numbers yeah. take years and years? No, I mean, you can get to. So when we launch a show, even if we're launching with somebody that has a really new audience with, with you know, the right launch plan, you can get up to 300 listeners or so within, let's say, three months or so. That's realistic. Um, but if you don't manage it within three months, you're still, I mean, even if you're up to 100, 200 by that point, then that's fine. We, we tend to, with our new shows, we hope to, because we've got a bit of platform, we aim for, you know, a few thousand within the first six months or so per episode I'm talking about. Like our, the last show we launched, we managed to get about um, 5,000 on the first episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just because we're helping to promote it on different um shows we're we're actually spending money on marketing we're putting a lot of effort into it but i'm just saying that's it's realistic if you have money and time to put into a marketing plan then it's possible to get a few thousand around a show pretty quickly but more realistically you're doing it organically yeah 300 to 500 within a few months aim for a thousand say within within the first six months to a year and i mean that's it that's a good platform to grow from from there so you guys specifically at, at the podcast host, when you say you launch shows, you're talking about your own shows, right? You're not talking about when customers come on or you help them with that as well. We do. We do both. Yeah. So we, we just launched our own, a new show of our own uh, two months ago called Hostile World. So it was a space exploration show, which we've been planning for a while. Um, and it's been really good fun to put together. So that's the one I was talking about that we managed to get um, sort of somewhere around 5,000 in the first few episodes. Uh, but yeah, client shows as well. We'll do the same thing. We'll just help them with the marketing. We'll help them put it out there and figure out how to get it, uh, you know, leverage on their platforms, how to get out to other people, that type of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely. I'm sure some of our listeners will check you guys out after this as well. So, okay. So I want to talk about, I've just, I've just got a couple of questions left for you and cool. Because so one thing that I always get about my a question I get from people about my podcast is money. Like they automatically think I did it for money. Now, if I'm wrong, you tell me, man, because I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's probably element that this is wrong. But 
if my, I've always said like, is if money is your primary motivation to start a podcast, then that probably isn't a great idea because after, you know, four weeks, you're going to realize you can probably make a lot more money doing something else. So like yeah. having the opportunity of speaking to a guru like yourself, um, how hard is it to make money from podcasts? And is it a bad mantra to go in with saying, I'm going to make money out of this? Yeah. I mean, I think with any type of content, it's, uh, it's not the right place to start because it takes time to build up an audience around any kind of content, not just podcasting, but if you get in a video or blogging, whatever it is, it's not an immediate get rich quick scheme, is it? Um, but it's realistic to make money for podcasting as well. So I don't want to say that it's not, it's just that it'll take you six months to a year to build a big audience around it to, um, to start being able to earn from it. Uh, I mean, the internet, you are going to a few of the ways that it's possible to monetize a podcast. It mm-hmm. would be all to do. Yeah. So, how, so, yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, a lot of people start with affiliate marketing, actually. I mean, so sponsorship is probably the most obvious. So that's the one people always think of first, you know, find a sponsor for your show. So it's basically just someone to advertise on your show. So for your one, for example, you're talking about HubSpot. HubSpot are an obvious sponsor. So you could get HubSpot to pay you a fee every month to actually give them a proper advert. Um, we, I do a mountain biking show. So we mm. get sponsored by, you know, bike makers, um, by bike, bike manufacturers, by bike magazines, by other bike podcasts, that kind of stuff. You know, find a sponsor like that. And then you set up a deal with them where they generally pay you a set fee per episode. Often that fee will depend a bit on your listenership. Um, so that, that's a way to monetize down the road, but you don't tend to be able to make a decent amount of money out of sponsorship until you're into the two to 3,000 listenership mark um and above so the the shows that make good money out of that will be ten thousand listeners or more for example um, yeah so before that though affiliate marketing is a good way because you can basically fake sponsorship because <laughs> you can just find products that you use sign up for their affiliate programs and then start actually promoting them via their affiliate programs and that starts to pay for some of your costs you know we yeah. we talk about microphones we talk about mixers and we link to them on amazon uh, and people go and buy them through our link and we get a bit of commission through that and that actually is a pretty significant income at our business because of the amount of times we've done that over the years so it builds up and up and up as it as you can do it more and more um, so they're the two places to start i would say affiliate income when your audience is small and then sponsorship when your audience is big and the other ways to do it are you know having a, having your own product and service is probably the most common way outside of that because a business maybe will create a podcast to market themselves you know market their brand grow trust around their brand and that helps them sell a service or sell a product so that's quite a good way to do it uh, often personal brand people you know if it's yourself you might create a course around whatever you're teaching and you sell that via your podcast you know every single podcast episode you'll mention that course and people will trust you and like you so they'll buy the course um, and the final way is that some people actually sell the podcast itself so it is possible to do premium content so you might do uh, say a monthly subscription to get premium podcast episodes where you do the main podcast episode, you talk about a topic, but then you do a 20 minute add on where you interview some expert about their particular takeaways about that. You know, their, their top two, three tricks or something that they use um, related to what they talked about. But, you know, it's extra juicy content that people pay extra for. Um, and they call that premium content. And there's ways to do it. There's a few different ways to actually deliver that that make it really simple too. So yeah, there's a few different ways to do it. And uh, often people end up with a mix of all of those actually. So there's no, there's no one way you have to stick to. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's a, that's a lot of great juicy advice there. So probably one of my final, I guess, kind of podcasting direct related questions is, so you've, you know, you've been doing it for a while now. You guys have been behind, you know, four to six podcast shows and you're launching it all the time. Um, what have you learned maybe in a couple of salient points about how to grow a successful podcast? How do you really kind of grow and maybe like, maybe you have some tactical ideas like, you know, promote each one on social media or, you know, yeah, things like that. Anything like, like that, that comes to mind. Yeah. I, with the growth stuff, actually, I tend to come back to a lot of the, so when you're launching it in the first place, it's down to the basics of leveraging the people that already know you and like you. Um, a lot of people forget to make the ask, you know, you put your show out there. Um, if you've got a mailing list, no matter how small, if you've got a social media following, no matter how small, <clears throat> really get out there and ask them to help you out, you know, say, please go and listen to my show. Um, and then next week, if you like the show, please tell a friend about this um, and start that kind of viral sharing in that way. So that's always a, a good place to start. Um, we often run competitions as part of a launch program. So if we're working with a client or if it's one of our own shows, we'll often try and find, um, you know, somebody related, a, spot, a potential sponsor, for example, and ask them for a product. And we'll mention them on the show, but we'll have that product as a prize. And that can be a really good way to do it, a competition which encourages viral sharing as well. So if you find a tool that actually you know, the type of competition you enter, you get one entry, but if you share it out on social, you get another entry. If you send it by email, you get another entry. If you share it on, you know, this other platform, you get another entry. So that encourages people to share that competition for you. I find that works really well too. Um, a big thing for me in growth as well, you know, long-term is actually a lot of podcasters don't follow the standard inbound marketing stuff like like email marketing for example they don't collect emails they don't actually create a lead magnet say whereby um you know even for something like my mountain biking podcast it's not a business focused thing it's not you know it's not in that kind of world i might create a, a little ebook about the 10 steps to maintaining your bike every week you know, the 10 things you do to keep your bike healthy every single week and that's a lead magnet and i link that at the end of every single show and people will sign up via their email address to get that uh, to get that ebook. This is how you grow your audience. You basically get them onto the email and encourage them to come back and back and back. It's that's the thing with podcasting. It's a it's a snowball type approach. It's it's a slow rolling thing, but once you start to roll quicker and quicker, it really gathers pace. So if you can get people to come back for five episodes, they'll come back for a hundred. You know, it's just, it's, it's creating that loyalty. It's creating that habit of listening. It's, it's having them around for long enough to get to know you, to trust you, to like you, that they'll just keep coming back and you'll be one of their top five shows forevermore. Basically podcast listeners are so hugely loyal. So it's just, it's about that, creating that first loyalty. Um, and yeah, there's a few different ways. So the only other thing I would say, you mentioned adverts. So paid ads actually work really well. Facebook is great for you know, targeting that niche. Um, you can you can do the combined audiences of say people that have an interest in podcasts and an interest in mountain bikes, and suddenly you've got a, a hugely um, targeted audience there that are going to listen to your show. Uh, and because, like I say, podcasts have a lot less competition just now. For example, there's hard there's actually only half a dozen mountain biking podcasts out there. So somebody that's really into mountain biking, I don't have much competition. Stick mm. on Facebook. Just throw a few pennies at it and actually you can gather real um, loyal listeners that way. So yeah, hopefully that's a few places to get started. That is amazing stuff, Colin. So like, 
you know, that, that's a great way to look at it. You know, people might say, oh, you know, there's 12, um, you know, there's already 12 podcasts out in my industry. Yeah, but what are the chances that they're actually reminding people with emails, as you yeah. say? You know, yeah. maybe half of them. Then what's the chances they're actually using Facebook ads? You know, the field gets smaller and smaller and then, you know, making those, uh, those veneer adjustments as you go on, you know, like, like little things like, hey, if video is working great on Facebook, then one thing that I've started doing, which I haven't done enough of, but I've, I'll definitely do a lot more of, is taking videos. So Cara, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Cara's yeah. interview uh, was one of the best ones we did. And I took a, a video snippet of the interview and I shared it on yeah. LinkedIn's platform and that just went gangbusters because everyone who liked that, I tagged her, everyone who liked that saw it. So um, yeah. on, honestly, can talk about leeching free advice. This has been... <laughs> Uh, I think a masterclass um, on podcasting. A lot of people think about it. The other thing too, you've got to think about, a lot of people think about it and you know this, Colin, right? A lot of people think about it, only a very smaller percentage actually do it. So the, the yeah. barriers are not that high, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, One last thing, actually, just you mentioned there about, um, you know, half a dozen people. Talk, you, you were talking about the, the other half a dozen podcasts out there in your industry as competition, but actually people, the other thing about podcast listeners is that they are epic listeners. They don't tend to just have one podcast. They'll have five or six top podcasts. So there's so much opportunity for partnerships there. So like if we were in the same industry, we could, you know, you, we could co-host the show and put it on both of our feeds. It's actually a really nice way to introduce somebody else to your audience and you get introduced to their audience as well. And that kind of, it's a great way to, to grow because you know they're already podcast listeners and they're looking for more great stuff to listen to so if you can get on, on other people's shows that's a really valuable um yeah, it's, good. it's like it's like guest blogging guest podcasting there yeah, you go yeah, <laughs> there you go uh Colin, honestly thank you so much i'm gonna link to everything you mentioned i'm gonna go back through this and try to find everything that um you did speak about um I, i'm curious what does you know the podcast hosts listen to what do you actually first talking about podcraft tell tell everyone about podcraft and why they should maybe tune into that show and then tell me about some of your favorite podcasts that you're listening to at the moment yeah cool uh, podcraft is our show about how to podcast basically it's about the industry of podcasting and we do it in what I would consider a kind of best practice approach. Uh, so we try to lead by example in there, obviously. Uh, it's, so it's seasons based. We tend to teach a topic per season. Um, for example, first season is about how to release your first episode, 10 steps to releasing your first episode. We've got a season on how to build a podcast website. We've got a season on how to choose your podcast equipment. So people can go back and listen through whatever season suits the stage they're at. So, but you can also, you can just jump in at the end and start listening to the most recent episodes too, if you want. Um, so yeah, you can find that over at um, podcraft.net if anybody's interested. Um, but yeah, thanks for letting me mention that. Uh, but yeah, in terms of what I listen to, I'm just opening up my... Uh, my player just yeah now. please do man yeah have some of the standard ones so i mean tim ferris is uh, one of the most popular shows in the world uh, for rightly so though because <clears throat> he does go in deep and do really good stuff yeah god i mentioned how i built this great show absolutely brilliant show one of the best examples of a well done interview show interview mm. yeah um i actually i listened to quite a lot of drama so audio drama uh, so there's one called The Bright Sessions, for example, which is a kind of sci-fi audio drama. There's um, 
uh, wow in the, <laughs> so this is a random one my son, I've got a five year old son uh, and uh, he I've got him into podcasting by listening to Wow in the World uh, which is a great show for men oh really I've got a five year old I didn't know you could get them into podcasting that's a good idea yeah, no. Wow in the World is brilliant it's actually really good it's taught me a bunch of science stuff so it's science education but kind of dramatised it's two guys uh, a guy and a girl sorry going around uh, and just doing crazy stuff it's cool um, what else do I like? I've got uh, this week in startups. I always quite enjoy the new news there. Uh, I've got uh, the a Scottish podcast is another drama one, which is worth listening to. Um, and of course, I'd love it if anybody would check out Hostile Worlds as well. So yeah, hostileworlds.net is our other our space exploration one too. So yeah, I hope that gives you an idea. I'm yeah. actually I've got kind of out of listening to business and marketing and startup type ones. I've just kind of. Uh, taking a break from that and try to create more stuff rather than listening to that for the moment so it's more the fun stuff right now <laughs> yeah awesome that's cool yeah the only reason why i didn't want to get into the fun stuff is i thought if my mind starts using this as an avenue for entertainment i will stop the education side but i think it's good to take yeah. a break so <laughs> i go up and down on it I'll, I'll go through a month where i listen to nothing but business startup SaaS type stuff and then i'll listen to just a month of drama stories that kind of stuff it's yeah it's, it's a big mix that's awesome, man. Colin, this has been a lot of fun, honestly. Um, thank you so very much. It's a, a little bit of a trip down memory lane for me, thinking about my old Zoom and everything. And um, it's been a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much. And keep doing what you're doing. I love what you're doing for the community. No, you're absolutely welcome. It was a good fun. And uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.